Well, Chiefs Kingdom, that didn't exactly go our way as the Kansas City Chiefs fall to 4-2. They did not take care of business against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to review that game today, Chiefs Kingdom. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome you all to the Keem Connect Podcast. This is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lopardis, certified health and performance trainer. I hope Chiefs Kingdom is trying to do somewhat well today. We're recording this episode on Monday, October 17th, and we have a lot to review from this game. A lot of takeaways. Um, there's a lot of overreactions that have been going on, um, especially on social media, via Twitter. A lot of people in our fan base, a lot of film analysts apparently are so-called an analyst, a lot of overreactions on things, you know, and at the end of the day, we lost. Am I happy about the loss? No. Should we have lost? No. I think we left a lot on that field yesterday, but it's still an L and we have to learn from it, and I think that we will have the upper hand when we go we will have the upper hand when we go into the playoffs or when we see them into the playoffs right now it's looking like buffalo will be the number one seed and we may have to play in away away games this year and we may have to go to buffalo this time for the afc title game and i know buffalo wants that so bad they want that so bad like I said, there's been a lot of overreactions today. I don't even know where to start. Obviously, there's no game ball to give out because we didn't win. Um, I I just don't give out game balls when we you know when we don't win. It just I just don't see a point to it. I try not to do a lot of more. I try not to have a lot of moral victories when it comes to things like this. Um, but obviously, the game grade I'll give it a C plus just because with. Bills, the Bills being a dominant team, and you know we're we're just as good as they are. I I for, after watching that game, I just think that the Bills and the Chiefs are the top two teams, and it pretty much showed. Um, with that being said, even though they won twenty or twenty four to twenty, it was a close game, and. A lot of that has to be chalked up to the defense, although there are a lot of issues that are still with the defense. Holding Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense to 24 points, that's, you know, it wasn't obviously good enough to get the win, but they've been blowing teams out, and it's not like they came in our house and kicked our ass like they did last year in a regular season game. So I give this team a C-plus considering that we hung in there for the most part. A lot of mistakes, though, were made. A lot of just dumb narratives that are going around now. Apparently, Nick Bolton's not good anymore, and he's taking a step back when it's only week six, and we have, like, ten games. We have, like, yeah, we have ten games left. Ten or eleven games left. I can't even count. That man, him, Chris Jones, and Legereus Cena have been the only consistent factors on our defense. They have. And I'm going to get a little bit more into the defense a bit, but to take away from this game 
in a totality in the last episode in the preview episode like I said I predicted us to lose this game I predicted us to lose and I said we would lose 28 to 24 so I was close now did I want that to happen obviously obviously not and I pretty clear I expressed that predictions don't mean don't necessarily mean that you want that prediction to happen now immediately after the game what annoyed me what annoys me a lot is when you see fans immediately just say we good we good yes do I think in a long run we'll be fine yes we're the Kansas City fucking Chiefs we have Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the league I don't give a fuck we have the best head coach, offensive coach, head coach, innovator. And our defense can be opportunistic. I apologize. Sorry, I felt like I had something in my throat for a second. Our defense can be opportunistic at times. But at the end of the day, there are still issues that this team needs to address. Because if they don't, and these things continue to happen, it will bite us in the ass. I think that we need to make adjustments a lot quicker. And I know considering that we have guys out, especially on the defensive side, we have guys that are hurt. That was Willie Gay's last game of suspension. So he's back. We should be getting McDuffie back. But I try not to use the injury excuse. I try not to use that in his excuse because the Buffalo secondary, they were they were battered too. They're, they they lost one of their safeties, their star safeties for the year, and they they got corners that are not that are not even playing, and they still found a way. They still found ways to make it work. I think there has there the with our secondary being so young, ha, having the situations that you did was just going to turn into a disaster anyways. But anyways, like I said, no game ball. I give the game a C plus. More, I try not to do a lot of moral victories, but I do believe we will be fine in the long run. I do think we will have we will get them in the playoffs because I just think we're a different breed in the playoffs. But that game it was still important to win. I don't I don't like when people try to squash it like it wasn't important or they try to make it sound like every game's not important because I can tell you right now and any professional in this league will tell you the same thing every game's important you have to pull these wins out now I again did I say win or lose this won't affect the team as far as like their mentality and moving forward in the season it won't because again this team has hosted four AFC title games they shouldn't worry about, they shouldn't overly worry about a week six loss. Now, granted, it came to your the team that's just as good as you. And there's a lot that you need to obviously they need to obviously take away from this game. But again, considering playing the Buffalo Bills and only holding them to 24 points, again, I try not to take a lot of moral victories. But there are there are some positives that you can take away from that game. But my pet the again the pet peeve is don't try to like wish you don't try to you know squash it or sugarcoat it like you know like we didn't take an L because we took an L, and that shit affects seeding no matter what. 
people probably wanted home field advantage this year probably won't happen we probably will be going to buffalo if as long as they don't do nothing stupid and choke away their season anyways i'm gonna uh, get down in um each you know side of the ball but first you know i'm gonna start with special teams i i don't really dig too deep in special teams that much um obviously the buffalo bills they really had no issues with their special teams but bucker man aren't you guys fucking glad to have him back that dude, I mean, minus Justin Tucker, he's the best kicker in the league. And, you know, he hit, you know, that 62-yarder yesterday. It was fucking unbelievable. So unbelievable. And he, he hit it, and he just walked away. Or it was a 60. I, I, can't, it was like, I think it was 62. It was obviously, you know, our record, although the uh, backup that we signed a week ago or two weeks ago, he ended up kicking our record which was like 59 or 58, and he he broke the record. And then Bucker was like, hold my beer. I'm still the dude. Let's let's not get it twisted. And he kicked that mug, and he just turned around, and he didn't even watch it going. He just knew. He knew it was going in. That's swag right there. That's real shit. And Tommy Townsend, that man was punting his ass off yesterday. He's good. He was a little shaky, I would say. Mm, probably a little bit of his rookie year, but obviously he was a rookie. He's gotten a lot better at punting. And for you to get praised by Pat McAfee, who was one of the best punters to play this game too, I mean, that's that's awesome. <laughs> and they even told, they even said, he tweeted immediately after the game, gotta love a random uh, PED test. Because it's like, oh, damn, that dude's got a leg on him. He's booting this thing out the water. Well, let's see if he's actually doing something. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's crazy how the uh, the league sees a player that's really, you know, looking good in the moment. Up oh, drug test. Anyways, he's going to pass it, obviously. But it's nice to have Harrison Bucker back. I, I don't – special teams, I think, did very well. Still a little sketched out seeing Sky Moore back there at punt return. Uh, Pacheco, not really a good kick returner in my opinion. But, you know, at the end of the day – this team, this team is not. I, if you're not gonna have Hardman or Tyree Kill, obviously Tyree Kill's not on this team no more. But if you're not gonna have a guy like Hardman, this, you know, there's even really no point of even trying to bring it out. Sky Moore probably should just fair catch it every single time because he's not, he's not that type of guy that I don't think is gonna really take it to the house like that. You know, I mean, unless he just so happens to break off a couple guys and just gets that lucky wide open lane just to hit it quick. But, you know, he's he doesn't have that speed like Tyreek Hill. You know, it's it's not like Hardman's speed either. And they want to utilize Hardman a lot more in the offense. So we're probably not going to really see him in the return game as much anymore. All right. I think I'm going to start with the offense. Um, like I said, went over the special teams for a sec. I'm going to start with our offense and then go into how the Buffalo Bills defense played us. Because the Buffalo Bills defense, they... They played us well. I don't think their secondary was their strength when it normally is. Their front was obviously the strength of that game. Von Miller was like Von Miller of old. He was. I still think our tackles are a major issue. Orlando Brown, probably a lot better than what he's put out there, you know, so far this season. He handled, I think he handled Von quite well. I, I had, you know, he got beat on an inside move really bad by Vaughn, but it's Vaughn Miller, and I really feel like he still made Vaughn qu- 
quite a few times. And if you do that against Von Miller, considering it being Orlando Brown, that that's a win in my opinion. There's a reason they moved him over to Andrew Wiley's side because I'm sure just like, you know, when and we played the Chargers and we moved Chris Jones, Spags realized why, you know, yeah, I'm sure he could probably get this rookie every now, you know, every now and then, but this rookie's beating him right now. So let's putting let's put him up on a guy that you know he's going to have a better matchup on and a better advantage over um up on in that specific game in that moment. So that's what they did. They moved Von Miller over to Andrew Wiley's side, and he was kicking Wiley's ass. This is the issue that I had with the this is what the issue I had with a couple weeks ago. Andy Reid, you got to stop leaving your tackles on the island. You know they're not that good, so stop doing it. Stop. You know, we need more chip help. We need more. And I know, I saw it. I know you gave it, but it wasn't every play. And it needs to get better. It needs to get better. And stop with the zone running. This offensive line is gap. They want to run uphill. You know, bring the fullback in if you need to. Run uphill. Run power. Run dives. Run bellies. Stop doing delayed handoffs and counters and zone running. It's just it's just not working. And then on top of that, you do that and you do it on second and long, which I which I can't fucking stand either. Then you abandon the run completely. And then when you try to bring it back, you're taking Pat out of his rhythm. It's it's a completely imbalanced game. And I just don't like some of the play calling sometimes. And it's not always the play calling. A lot of it is also lack of execution. There was a play where if Harmon would have kept, if he would have just cut and he came back, he would have made the play. But, of course, he doesn't know how to do that. And this is the reason why him and Mahomes have never had a great chemistry with each other. It was nice to see Juju get his touchdown. Juju had 100 yards. Kelsey had 100 yards. They did their thing. Pat fed them. Pat made amazing throws in this game. But you know the one thing that I've noticed? When you get Pat out of his rhythm, when you're trying to do cute shit or fancy stuff or trying to do runs that, you know, make no sense at the time, you take him out of his rhythm, then he starts to press, then he makes mistakes. You know, he's throwing balls into covers that he should that had no business throwing the ball. That last play when he got pursued by Vaughn and he threw the pick. He should have threw that ball away. He should have threw that ball away. But you know what? At the end of the day, the rush was coming. The defenders played it very well. But again, some of the play calling does not help either. And, you know, MVS, I need you to step up, man. I know you had a great game last week, but you need to come up in those moments too. And where's Sky? Why aren't we feeding Sky anymore? You you feed him, he gets a couple good plays, and you stop looking for him. I get I get you were trying to throw a 50-50 ball into the end zone. To be honest with you, if that's not Jody Fortson, if that's not Jody Fortson or Travis Kelsey, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. That's just me personally. And maybe that's a reason why Pat doesn't really throw a lot of 50-50 balls in the first place. And he was double covered. Don't get me wrong. There was tight coverage on that play. So, you know, it was well played by the defenders. But again, I think having a much more bigger guy who's much more, much more better red zone threats 
probably would have had those guys more on the 50-50 balls than MVS. Clyde, Clyde, I'm just done. I'm done trying to get him to be a runner. It, I'm sick of seeing it. We got to stop. You, you're going to have to run more with Pacheco and keep giving him more looks. Uh, or run with McKinnon. You know, I know you want to keep him as your third down back so he can help with the blocking, but come on. You know, Mahomes, you know, he threw he threw his two touchdowns, but he threw two picks. And that, you know, that wasn't that wasn't what we wanted to see. And that was not what we wanted to see at all. Uh you know, and you know, look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't throw any interceptions yesterday. You know, he had the 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 backwards pass that ended up being a fumble law fumble and recovered by us. But you know, you really didn't see a lot of mistakes by Josh. And you know, the and there was some of the clock management issues that were going on yesterday. This there's just a lot to take away. The one thing I will agree with is I think the offensive line was a little overrated going into uh, coming into this season based off what we've seen so far. You know, maybe there are some players taking sophomore slumps. Creed Humphrey's still the best center in the league, and Joe Tooney's still one of the best guards in the league. I think our interior is not the issue; it is the tackles. And I don't know if there's going to be any addressment at the trade deadline, but we're going to really have to consider in the uh, in the draft next year. They're not going to re-sign Orlando Brown. I, I just don't see that happening. It's going to be one of those things where if Orlando Brown wants to stay at Kansas City Chief, he's going to be like, look, just pay me whatever you guys are willing to pay me. I want to stay here and that's it. Or... He's going to have to consider on moving to the going to the right side and playing right tackle, you know, or they're going to tag and trade you, man. You know, he won't be on this team. You know, honestly, Wiley might not even be on this team next year, or if he is, he's just going to be depth because he will not be starting next year. I just don't see that happening. Our tackles are an issue. And, you know, Mahomes has been pressured. Both our tackles are basically combined, and they're like the fifth most pressures in the league, which is annoying. And, you know, again, when you have tackles that can't block and, you know, you're getting constant pressure on you, you have to draw up plays where Mahomes gets the ball out of his hands quick. You can't you can't do these long design runs. I get you're trying to, you know, push the ball down the field, but come on, man. Come on. You know, but, you know, at the end of the day, there was a lot still left on the field with the offense, too. All right, you know, let's shift over to the Bills' defense a little bit. They, Matt Milano, Matt Milano's a beast linebacker. And, you know, he could very well be an all-pro. He's definitely going to be a pro bowler for sure, but I for sure believe he will be an all-pro selection. That that dude is cold. He still can't cover Kelsey. No one can really. But, you know, it, he was flying around. He was hitting, plugging those holes. He was just always around the ball making plays and that's just Matt Milano Tremaine Edmonds was making plays their defensive line was getting after us they were getting after Mahomes and it sucks because it's like damn you know I don't I don't I'm not saying I would have wanted to pay Vaughn that contract but there's a reason why they got Vaughn Miller and they called him the closer and he closed in on a lot of sacks he closed in on a couple sacks in big moments yesterday and he was about to get Mahomes on that last one, the pressure. He beat Wiley again, and that pressure that he was about to get on Mahomes, and Mahomes felt it. He, he Mahomes pressed, felt that pressure, and got rid of the ball. 
through a right in the coverage. Now, again, do I think our, our offense is a scoring machine and they can score on just pretty much any defense? Yes, we did yesterday. Am I worried about Pat in the long run? No, Pat's still the dude. Pat's going to be fine. He's going he's gonna to take this and he, it's going to fuel him. He's going to take this and it's going to fuel him. I know it is. Now, I would have thought maybe the six-point being three-point underdogs would have maybe made the difference and would have probably brought a little bit more energy out in the totality of the team. It clearly didn't. But you can still see Pat being like, all right, you got us this time again in the regular season. But come playoff time, no. But I, you know, the the Bills defense they they played a good game. I I can't take away anything from them at all. All right, shifting over into our defensive side. Again, I can't really shame the defense, you know, in too too much because they 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 held the Buffalo Bills at twenty four points. Who they have been killing teams all year. They've been blowing teams out the water. Spagnolo. Spagnolo is to blame on on a lot of the plays, though, as far as the ones that you got killed on. I said this. I said this so many times. You need as many people in the coverage, and you need to just rush your front. Yes, our front is not good. We are not getting home with four. And I get Spags is having to dial it up to get to, to generate pressure. And it was working for a second. But he should have known that those Buffalo Bills were going to adjust to that so quick. And they did. And look what you did. We have two rookies. We have a seventh-round rookie and a fourth-round rookie playing corner today because we have injuries and guys playing out. And you left them both on islands covering. You ran a man blitz. You rushed seven. You had four in the coverage with three three man up and one single high safety. You did it twice and you got burnt twice. I can't even blame Joshua Williams. And I know his confidence probably got killed a little bit yesterday, but I can't even fault him on some of those plays because his defensive coordinator didn't help him by leaving a backside safety for extra help. This is the shit that annoys me. This is the shit that makes me just believe that I can sometimes I can, you know, coach a better game in Madden. I try not to be like that. But God, man, sometimes the shit is so freaking frustrating. And we did it when we were already backed up into the red zone. You don't run those man blitzes right there. Not when you're playing against receivers called named Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. This is the same shit that happened last week, a week ago against Devontae Adams is why it happened. You don't do this. Maybe you do this to teams that, you know, like that have Statue of Liberty quarterbacks that can't really, you know, extend the plays like that and who don't have elite receivers. You do this to a Mitchell Drabisky. You don't do this to a Josh Allen. He's too good like Mahomes when it comes to the blitz. You can't confuse him too much, and you didn't disguise any coverage anyways. You all out blitzed him. <sighs> the lack of pass rush bothers me too so much. There was a um a, you know there was a tweet out there may, saying that maybe Dunlap and you know Dana should be the starters, and we should have Frank Clark and Carl Loftus come in on a rotation. Frank on the other Frank, you know, I I'm just I I don't know what to tell anybody about Frank. I, I tried, 
I try. He's, you know what? He's still good at stopping the run. He's still good at setting an edge. But the man constantly getting to the quarterback, that's never going to be a thing. It never was since he's been here, really. And I know people praise him for the playoffs because he was good. I know some people like to call those garbage time sacks, but those garbage time sacks came at the right time, and I'll take those any day of the week. But but Frank Clark is not the guy. And you and Spags and Veach continuously putting praise in him – I understand this this rookie defensive this rookie edge class is not is hasn't been good. If you look at it, the 2022 rookie edge class has not been good. No one's been flashy at all. So I I, I get it. Like you know, it, it, it's one of those things that you know you needed to keep him around for depth and for the fact that he knows the system. But man, maybe Dana out there should be started because Dana has a high motor. Now I know Dana only had limited snaps yesterday and didn't play a whole lot because he's still coming off a calf injury. But hell, his motor's still a lot better in my opinion. And you know, Karloftis, Karloftis should should be a rotational guy because he's showing a lot of he's he's doing a lot of rookie things, you know. And I can't even completely fault him for that because he is a rookie. You know, I, I have high hopes for him in some ways, but maybe Carlottis is just the guy that, you know, he was always going to be, just a pressure guy. I don't think he's ever going to be a high sack guy, and I said this when we drafted him. He was not my first choice. I wanted a more bendier guy. I wanted a more speedster off the edge, and we got a guy that's pretty much just going to be a power guy, a guy that will get some pressure, but he's not getting to the quarterback. I've probably only seen maybe like three flash plays from Karloftis, a couple tackle for losses, and then he had that half sack with Frank a week ago or going against the Raiders. Now, again, there's narrative that's going around saying that Nick Bolton's like taking a step back, and I, I just can't get on board with that. You know, I'm not going to call out anybody, but it's these so-called film analysts that, you know, we'll take maybe two or three plays and just dictate and we'll try to dictate the whole game. Without Nick Bolton, this defense would be nowhere. I'm not saying that he's making every play, but come on. Come on. Are you for real? Are you just going to not see the plays that he has been making? Nick Bolton's all over the field. And yes, uh, one person pointed out there was one play that he had, you know, he had, uh, you know, he had shared, and it was when, uh, I can't remember, it was a, a run play with um, uh, Singletary. And the fullback came and took on Nick Bolton and did push him back a little bit before Nick Bolton made the tackle. But guess what? When your defensive line does not get a good push onto the defensive onto the offensive line, it, it, it doesn't help your linebackers. Your linebackers need to be able to fill run gaps smoothly they can't do that when you know you're constantly allowing guys just to run up the middle like that and you know you don't get any type of push with your defensive line and then they're just going to put your linebackers in no man's land look would you rather have Anthony Hitchens out there we miss Derek Johnson but Willie get not Willie Gay uh, Nick Bolton to me is probably is probably the uh, the next closest thing to you know DJ as far as running downhill and being able to stop plays that's what he is he's a downhill runner he knows where to be when it comes to run you know filling the run gaps he has I've seen it 
He's a good run defender. He makes plays. He makes tackles. He's still, he is a limited player in coverage, but we already knew that. We already knew that drafting him. That's not new. And you know what? Let's be real. I think when you have Willie Gay on the field and those guys are both playing together, they feed off of each other. I don't, I, you know what? Not taking it away from Darius Harris. Darius Harris has played phenomenal, played phenomenal, you know, in uh, Willie Gay's uh, absence. But Willie Gay, there are a lot of things that he does that Nick Bolton can't do. And there are a lot of things that Willie Gay can't do that Nick Bolton can. They they basically make up for each other's uh, deficiencies. And they're t- they're a good linebacking duo. I'm not worried about Nick Bolton. He's going to lead this team in tackles, you know. And let's be honest, he is taking on a lot bigger role than he has over over than last year. You know, yes, we started seeing Hitchens' snap count go down. You know, so he was getting there more on the mic position. But still, he was sharing reps with Anthony Hitchens and sharing reps with with Ben Neiman. He's out there playing three. He's a three-down linebacker, and you're having him run the dime. You're having him run the base, being the base. You're having him being in the nickel, in the big nickel. And speaking of, you know, base, we were trying to run our base linebacker set because they were trying to, they ran down our throats, and we couldn't, we couldn't stop them. No one could. No one could stop them on a consistent level. And the Raiders put that blueprint out there. They put that blueprint out there. And so much for this number one rushing defense because they have been getting their asses handed to in the run game the last couple weeks. So I don't know. Maybe some guys are still battling on some injuries. I, again, I, I try not to use the injury excuse too much. But we need all our players back. We do. We need McDuffie back. We need uh, Willie Gay back, and we're gonna get those guys. And I think I think that's gonna make somewhat of a, a difference on this defense. I'm not saying that this defense is gonna become all world, but you saw how well the defense all played together when they did play together against the Arizona Cardinals Week One. You saw that they did very well, and I still think the defense did very well yesterday. I can't I can't really fault them. The only thing I'm gonna fault is we just don't have it. We just don't have a pass rush and Spags getting getting too antsy and not and not keeping himself contained. You know, I I get it. You just don't blitz in those situations. Not against that quarterback. It worked in the beginning of the game and because they weren't they weren't adjusted to it. They adjusted to it and you didn't you didn't have a counter to that adjustment. So there's a lot to take away from this game, but I'm going to try not to give a moral victory out there because I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't raised to accept losses. I was raised to learn from them. Yes, for sure. You always got to learn from your losses. But when fans come out here and say, oh, we good, we good. No, it's, it's, all, it's all good. It's not all good. We just lost to a team that, yes, is just as good to us, but we had every opportunity to win that game. We left everything on the field, and that was not good. That is why we received. That's why I gave this game a C plus because we left so much on that field on both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball. And one thing I've noticed when you're when our defense does just enough, has been doing just enough to put our offense in the best position, then our offense can't get the job done. And some of that play calling, and again, some of that lack of et- execution. There's just so much, you know, going on in this situation, and I try to, you know, get people to understand 
that, you know, at the end of the day, we are still the Kansas City Chiefs. I still think that we're going to be good going into the playoffs, going into the stretch. I think we're going to go into San Francisco and win, beat San, San Fran. You know, we're going to have all our pieces back. I think we, we're still a great team. There's no shame at being 4-2 and two at this point because, yeah, look at where we were last year. What, we were 3-4 and four before, we went on our, before we went on our win streak? You know, so at the end of the day, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. But don't don't try to take away from that loss and make it make it and make it sound like it's nothing because it wasn't nothing. That loss still meant something. And it still meant something to that team. I we really wanted I still think we really wanted to beat the Buffalo Bills. I don't think that team was sleepwalking, look sleep pat you know, walking past them. They shouldn't let it, like I said in the beginning of the episode, they shouldn't let it derail them morally because they're going to be there. But you have to take this loss and you have to learn from it and you have to make sure these same mistakes don't happen again. You have to clean these mistakes up. You know, I, you know, at the end of the day, even if we have McDuffie out there and you have Snead opposite side or you have Watson or Williams opposite side, I still think Spags blitzes on that play. And some of these things, you know, some of these things can be a little bit stubbornness. And, and you know, Andy Reid shows it and Spagnolo shows it. I think that's pretty much all I really need to say about this game. I mean, it sucks that, again, we lost 20-24, to 24, left so much on that field, which makes, which makes me sick because that makes me feel like we should have won that game. You know, minus, you know, we missed the field goal. There, were, there was a touchdown, I believe, that got taken back. That interception, in the that interception that happened in the end zone at that you know in that moment probably was the kicker of the game. That doesn't happen. We score on that drive. We kick the field goal. You know we're up, and the Bills are having to play catch up. But the Chiefs really need to fix fix these issues that are coming along. Get healthy, fix the issues. But as a fan base, don't take a lot of moral victories. Don't sit there and accept losses like they're nothing. Losses are very, very important because they contribute to the ultimate factor of winning in a long run. Yes, we'll be fine in the long run, but we need to fix the mistakes. And we will. I believe so. Um, One thing about our defensive line, too, you know, like I said, you know, Karloftis, he's still a rookie. Frank is not good. Dunlap, you know, Dunlap is, you know, he had batted passes yesterday, and I like those batted passes, but, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't enough. Chris Jones was getting double teamed, and there was a lot of plays where he gave up on. I know he had the uh I know he had the sack and I you know I you know I really liked that, you know, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I know and some and fans were complaining because of the trip. I know he got tripped, but hey, look at that hideous roughing the passer call last week. I don't, you know, I'm not saying the fan base were like, okay, we need to give 95 a break. Or fan base. No, I'm not saying the ref thought to themselves, oh, we need to give 95 a break. But they weren't really calling a lot of stuff when it came to, like, being around the cornerback. Um... They were calling more holdings, defensive, you know, pass interference and holding on the offense or, 
you know, legal, you know, legal down man downfield that happened with us and with them too. But, you know, I, I think, like I said, for the defense, I think Legereus need Nick Bolton and uh, Chris Jones have been the most consistent players on this team. Willie Gay, Willie Gay's only played two games. When he gets back, I hope that he can become part of that consistency, and I hope McDuffie as well. Someone came up to me today and said, oh, well, they didn't target McDuffie. I'm like, yeah, because he's locking his guy up. The 21 snaps that he played before he got hurt, he was locking his guy up. And I'm hoping that we get that same McDuffie when he gets back. It, one thing, too, you know, when they were running it down our throats, they were pushing Derek Nottie back. They were pushing Colin Saunders back. Chris Jones got pushed back a few times. And, the, and it, that, that makes your linebacker's job very, very difficult, you know, especially when they're, you know, trying to take on certain blocks, you know, and come around, you know, come around those certain blocks. And it you know it, it helps when your defensive lineman can kind of get a push on them before the backer meets them or whenever the backer's trying to uh, fill the hole. And our offense, you know, it, again, I think really the biggest issue is just some of it lack of execution on plays and some of the play calling and our tackles are a disaster. And we don't run the ball enough for us to even really get a good uh, run game going. We don't even do it enough to even do the running back by committee type of thing. So there's going to be some things that we're going to need to clean up on both sides of the ball. I'm sure it will happen at some point. Um, we got San Francisco coming up. We will, review, we, will, we will preview that game here in the next coming days. Your boy, your boy Eric took all L's this weekend. My Jayhawks lost Saturday. My Tampa Bay Lightning lost. Uh, they lost yesterday. They lost Saturday as well um, to the Penguins. And then obviously my can our Kansas City Chiefs lost yesterday to the Buffalo Bills, and you know I've been seeing a lot of Bills fans. They're happy. They're celebrating. You know, of course they they're going to take every win they can get in Arrowhead, and they're really confident that the we'll you know they're going to be the one seed and we'll be playing in Buffalo for a playoff game, and that very well may happen. Is which is why I said that this game was not good to lose was not good to lose especially if you're one home field advantage i know people keep saying you know well maybe pat needs you know away game finally yeah and i'm sure you know i'm sure he'll play a lot better away because for some reason we tend to play a lot better when we're away than we are at home at times um it would be good to have that finally on his plate to experience that to play an away playoff game and if we have to all right chiefs kingdom right before we get out of here just a few things that i want to cover and uh, there's a couple tweets that were out there, and I saved a couple of them, at least screenshotted them, because I wanted to share them on this episode. And one of these tweets actually comes back to my point about when I said that even though you can learn from losses and stuff, and you always learn from them, and I think we'll be better in the long run, that this was not a good game to lose, and we should not be happy with taking the L in as a fan base, not, I'm not talking about the players. We should not be happy with the team losing the way that they did when there were a lot of things that they needed to do to win that game, when they had multiple opportunities to win that game. And this tweet uh, goes out to uh, Caleb James, uh, CJ Scoobs, and he said, there are no guarantees in the NFL. Obviously, we all want we all want to think that we have another shot at Buffalo again just because that's how recent history has played. 
but it's just not that simple. When you have a chance to step on the elite team, you have to finish the game. Exactly what I've been trying to say. And then um, yesterday he also said, I guess I'm only slightly disgusted by the amount of people treating yesterday like a moral victory for KC. Totally agree. They had chances all day to separate and extend the lead but couldn't execute in critical situations. Totally agree. If things get a little hairy this winter, think back on this and think back on this game. And he's not wrong. He's not. I've said this. I said this and I said this. Every game in the NFL is important. Every game dictates things. Moving forward, no matter what you do, we have to look back on this game and we hope that these same mistakes don't happen. And again, I don't want to take a moral victory out of it because we should have won the game. We should have won the game. Don't don't throw out the excuse that, oh, well, it's Buffalo. No. We had every opportunity to win that game, and I will ride with that to my grave. Another tweet that was out there, and this goes to the offense. This is really talking more about the offense. Um, and it was by Matt Lane from uh, KCSN. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not trying to call him out, but he was one of those people who did say that he believes that Nick Bolt's taken a step back, and I completely disagreed with it. Now, this I do agree because these are things that contributed contributed to Buffalo taking the lead. He said, he tweeted this, Chiefs, Chiefs offensive six plays before Buffalo took the lead. Fullback screen, um which was incomplete quick swing to the running back, which was a negative three yards third and 13. Go make a, uh, go make a play three yard scramble. And then we kick a field goal quick tight end pass three yards. And then we have inside zone run for one yard and then third and six, go make a play sack by Vaughn. Then we punt and then four out of six plays, four out of the six plays, balls is immediately out of 15's hands. And this is what I said earlier, and this is why he got he needs to be in his rhythm. Because if you take him out of his rhythm, he's going to press and he's going to make mistakes. It just happens. It happens. It happens to the best of them. Even when he's being, he's the best quarterback and no one will ever convince me otherwise. Josh Allen won yesterday. You're still not going to convince me that he's better than Patrick Mahomes. But even with it being Patrick Mahomes, he has to be in his rhythm. He has to do it. If you take him in and out, he will force things down the field. And sometimes it will bite us. And it bit us yesterday, obviously, is why he threw the game-winning interception to uh, Buffalo. This right here, though, is bad play calling. Because a lot of it, you were taking a lot of things out of uh, 15's hands. And I said that. I said that. This I do agree with Matt Lane on this on this specific uh, tweet, but when it comes to uh, C.J. Scoobs' tweet, I completely agree. You can't take any moral victories because when it comes to playoff time or winter time, depending on the situation or where we're at, where we're at, we may look back on this game and be like, "Damn, we should have beat Buffalo when we when we should have beat Buffalo." And you should want to win every game. I didn't say we were going to go undefeated. Like I said, I actually predicted us to lose this game. But knowing the circumstances and seeing how the game went, it should have never happened. But I do want to give Josh Allen props. He played a phenomenal game. Can't take nothing away from him. He's a great quarterback. He's an elite player. 
You know, it's obvious that him and Mahomes are the top two players and the top two quarterbacks in the league. I think he's past Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. And this is going to be the rivalry moving forward. I believe so. Believe that. And I said that. Um, he found his guys and he capitalized. They capitalized on every opportunity on their offensive side. Ken Dorsey called a good game for them. Now, we stuffed a lot of things that they were trying to do, but they, they did very well for the most part. And obviously, they, it, it won them a game. And they played you know well on both sides of the ball. Now, one thing I did notice, and I can't remember who was talking about this, but someone pointed out that they don't believe that Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill are a good, uh, good safety duo. And uh, you know what? I, with Justin being in a new system and, you know, learning, uh, you know, just the new scheme and just trying to, you know, benefit or feed off of playing with these guys, you know, because it's, you know, playing defense is all about, you know, being fundamentally sound. And everybody has to be on the same page with each other and know what pretty much essentially what everybody's doing. And I think that with Justin being new to the team, there's still going to be growing pains with him. I think Juan Thornhill is what he is. I mean, I he's either going to flash or he won't show flash. You know, and it wasn't like he got beat. They got beat over the top like that consistently because, like I said, it never was really like that. Um, it was when they uh, put their corners in the one-on-one situations. I think Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed will be fine. That hit by Justin Reed was nice that he made on Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I did see a lot of situations where they dropped Snead. Looks like they dropped Snead into the safety spot, and they brought – uh, Justin Reed down to play a little bit of nickel. I saw, yeah, and then they also obviously kept him around the box because you know Cook's not playing. So you know there was a lot of a uh, lot of uh, si- different situations going on yesterday. They were trying to disguise some things. I, I saw him trying. I saw Spags trying to disguise coverages, but then you know what? He just couldn't help himself at the end of the day. All right, I, I believe that's pretty much all I want to cover um, for this episode. Oh, one more thing before we get out of here. I want to do mailbag questions. Now, I, I think I said this in the beginning of this podcast when I started this podcast that I wanted to try mailbag questions, but I really, really want to do mailbag questions. I feel like this podcast is getting a lot more viewers, so ask me questions away. I'm going to say this in a slow, slow tone so you guys can write the email down. The email address is kingdomconnect15 at gmail.com. That's kingdomconnect, sorry, kingdomconnect15 at gmail.com. And there's no one in five inside Kingdom Connect, just like the podcast is, you know, titled. Um, It's just regular kingdom spelled kingdom and then connect. It's all one word. And then 15 at gmail.com. Ask any question. Have a take, whatever you want to say. I'll read them all out on this episode. I will shout you guys out. I will say, you know, say your name, you know, or unless you guys don't, you know, want, you know, want to be, I guess you guys don't want to be shouted out for whatever reason, then just say obviously specifically on the email, hey, this is what I want you to say, but I don't want you to read off my name and specifically say that. But if you want me to shout you guys out on this, on this podcast, I will, because I want to answer your guys' questions ask me away. Hell, if you want to talk shit on me and you want to say that I suck at everything that I do, by all means, do it. I 
probably won't read those on the episode, but I will read them to myself, and I'm appreciating any email. So again, email address, kingdomconnect15 at gmail.com. Kingdomconnect15 at gmail.com. Please email that address if you want if you want to ask uh, if you want me to answer mailbag questions. I know you guys are listening to this episode, so please write it down and get those questions in. And you guys obviously follow me on Twitter at BiggieKC. Same for Instagram, BiggieKC. And then I only have uh, Instagram made for the podcast, and that's uh, Kingdom underscore Connect with the one and five in Kingdom Connect. That's uh, how the logo is spelled. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. I'll get the preview episode for the 49ers here in the next coming days, and I think we'll, we'll learn from this, and we'll take care of business next week. So, Chiefs Kingdom, with that being said, the connect is always real.